You know, if Mark Wahlberg was there, if Mark Wahlberg was in St. Elsewhere, that plane crash never would have happened. <laughs> he would have stopped the terrorist attack also. He would have he would have kicked Tim Robbins' ass. Tim Robbins? The terrorist who we don't get to see, sadly, but who does the attack in the first episode is played by Tim Robbins. They have to treat Guy? Him in subsequent episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Guy, Matt and I saw at Yeah. Juicero with a G or yes. whatever it was fucking called. <laughs> what was it called? What was it called again? Jelena. With a G? With a G. I a don't know. A G-J? I don't know, man. That's fine. I know it was good. Uh, <laughs> this theme music sucked ass. Oh, no, this song was great. So, so era-specific. Drake should rap over this. <laughs> huh. I, this feels like I entered a town in Pokemon a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it really does. I don't see the difference between what you said and what I said. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the beginning and the end of the world. This show was so unpleasant to watch that it made me be kind to you guys for my next pick <laughs> instead of my. You say that every every time you have. A I pick, know you, you guys keep that. you guys keep you guys keep putting off. Ian, your, embrace, your date with embrace the truth. You just hate TV. I do, and I. But the thing is, is just like I feel bad making people watch Downton Abbey after having to yeah. watch these two episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would have enjoyed that. Like you'd think it couldn't get much more boring than this, but. Yeah, I, it's just like I know ooh. that is. <sighs> yeah, so I'm just like, oh, I'll be nice. I to don't them. know. And the other choice was this. It was boring. The word I'd use for this, like that was the primary adjective I would go with. That's the, okay. well, the the pilot absolutely one of the most boring pieces of television. The second I've one's seen. more interesting. The second one, um, they like they definitely had a zingy way of writing dialogue that feels like a precursor. Like there were so many vignette walk and talks that had like people saying kind of clever stuff. It almost felt like a almost like Sorkin esque. Uh, it had different writers, but if you look at the credits of those two episodes, so that's probably yeah. part of it. Also, this show probably fucking ruled if it was 1980-whatever. It was hugely well, acclaimed. Also, the second episode had like, had like the best character by far. You know, the, Tommy Westfall? The, the guy who the guy who's very sick and doesn't want to die. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, um, he survived uh, Jonestown. It's like vaguely yeah. Jewish-coded. Oh, yeah, Nestor Serrano. If you Google Nestor Serrano, you're going to be like, oh, that guy. It's when he cut his hair where I was like, holy shit, that's Nestor Serrano. I'd, uh, okay, sure. He's in The Day After Tomorrow. He's in Bad something boys, somewhere. Look at him. If you look at him, you'll be like, I definitely saw him in something. And he probably was like an uptight government official. Yeah, this guy's got hella, hella credits. So, I mean, this show is a that guy palooza. Like, that's why it was so disappointing, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, you can't just, dis- you just, can't just assemble just guys and actually it, and have it add up to the sum of its parts, you know. I can't handle thin David Morse. <laughs> thin David Morse has me <laughs> fucked up, dude. What? David Morse with a bunch of hair? What uh, what is going on? Folks, it's as you know, the podcast that is dedicated to covering the first and last episodes of television shows, cutting out everything in between so that we can quickly fall in love, fall out of love and ultimately forget every television show on the planet because we were cursed by a series of uh, our mistakes to forever have to do this. We're like um, Sisyphus in the boulder. And today's boulder is St. Elsewhere. I'm Ian Benson. 
joining me after having just crashed his plane into the hospital, but with no serious problems. It's Matt Siani. What's up? Never mentioned it again. Like it's just like so crazy. He's okay. There's like wow. It's weird that he's okay. Shit. They chasing his. Chasing his lost patient down the hallway, it's Stephen Doughton. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, I, I, he's naked. He left Mis- his clothes. Mr. Merkin. <laughs> and <laughs> locked in the closet for being too much of a wife guy, it's Travis Marmon. <laughs> How's it going, everyone? I just rode the biggest wave of my life. <laughs> now I live in a carbon neutral surf house and, next to Bill Nye. Safari, Let's just baby. do this. Has Ed Bagley Jr. always just been this guy? Yes, apparently. <laughs> I had to Google Surf Safari because even though like the Beach Boys have that song, I was like, "Oh, is this a term that means something?" And apparently, it does. Hmm. I didn't know. What does it mean? It in just mean it just means like it means like you you go to a beach with the expectation that if the waves aren't perfect, you're going to go to another beach. So you go like three or four beaches on a day or like, or like, you know, you, you follow the tides and you're like, okay, well this beach will have the perfect waves at this time. And then we get back in the car and we go to a different beach for this time. And that's a surf mm. safari. I didn't, I just assumed that that's what surfing is like. <laughs> yeah. I, thought no, it was just I mean, a lot of people surfing. just, a lot of people just sit uh, on the waves in the one beach for one for like a whole day like depending on the beach like that's totally doable you know not everybody has a car not every surfer has a car you know you, you, you might just live in a hostel on the beach i know i did like, i did see a guy on a bicycle when i was in venice beach and he had his surfboard and i can't imagine the the level of balance necessary for that and just like the the leg strength you need to overpower that wind resistance Exactly. Was it? Wait. Was it? Was it orthogonal to the uh, to the b- bike? Orthogonal. Which one's orthogonal? <laughs> Perpendicular. He was. Yeah. He was. He was cutting into the wind. He was tacking into the wind. So yeah. It was, was so, it was, so it was like the same direction as his bike, like parallel. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was yeah, holding so, it under one arm. Okay. Yeah. Because if he had it like attached to the back of the bike, and it was like, and it was you know perpendicular well, to the bike, that's just and not only not only would it be cutting into the wind, but also just like any car or person. Well, that's just, good. Like, just that's like a, whacking, that's, a, that's a positive. That sounds like a jackass sketch, like a person just like knocking over people by riding his bike <laughs> through the, a crowd. Travis, why did you pick Saint Elsewhere? The why did you, Travis? Why did you pick Saint Elsewhere, the American medical drama series created by Joshua Brand and John Faley that ran on NBC from October 26, 1982, to May 25th, 1988, that starred so many guys at an aging, rundown Boston hospital that uh, where you see the trials and tribulations of medicine. Uh, I pick Saint Elsewhere uh, primarily because it has one of the most famous or infamous endings of all time. So I felt like we kind of needed to discuss it, especially when I was like, I'm sure at least one, if not two members of this podcast don't know about that. Um, a peek behind the this, kimono. Yeah. <laughs> Travis texted me a couple weeks ago. This was and months was, ago, actually. <laughs> months ago. And he was just like, do you think Steven knows the plot twist of St. Elsewhere? <laughs> and I think my response was something along the lines of he might know the ending, but not realize it's from St. Elsewhere. No. You had no idea. No. Yeah, and then Matt, Incredible. I was talking yesterday, he said he had accidentally spoiled himself. And I was like, damn it. Yeah, but somebody posted a, a screenshot boat. of text on Twitter like two days ago, and I was like, and they were like, this is insane or whatever. And I, I figured it was going to be some shit that fucking 
Kamala Harris said or something, and then I pulled it up and it was like, oh, this is about the show we're watching. Uh. Okay. There Stephen's was like now remembering the act he is doing. There was <laughs> <laughs> what he's about to do is remember. <laughs> Everyone get ready. Buckle up. We're in for a ride. <laughs> You're okay. going to describe, I don't know, I love the 80s and there was how as once, a child. There was once, there was like, there was like a, um, somebody made this like web of how every TV show ever is yes. in like this. You're same. talking about the, tem- the Tommy Westfall universe made by Dwayne McDuffie. <clears throat> Who went to my high school and created <laughs> a static uh, um, yeah, I would think in the list of things Dwayne McDuffie did, creating characters like Static Shock is a bit more prominent than went to your high school. Can somebody went to school in your geodesic domes or whatever? <laughs> can somebody ex- can somebody explain that to me? The Tommy Westfall universe or where I went to school? Well, I know you went to Aurora High School, but. We only have time. We only have time to explain the Tommy Westfall universe. We do not have time yeah. to explain so, Roper. To just skip ahead to all the way to the end. Also, I should mention I that was the primary reason I picked the show, but also because I had Denzel Washington on it. I did not realize it was just like a host of other that guys too, uh, or future famous people or what have you. Yeah, um, Mr. Feeny, anyway, baby. The Tommy Westfall universe. Uh, for people who are listening who aren't aware, Saint Elsewhere ends with a reveal of a snow globe with the titular hospital in it, and the son of uh, the autistic son of the if there's any main character, the director of medicine, um, uh, Dr. Westfall looking into a snow globe and Dr. Westfall comes home and he's a construction worker and Dr. Auschlander, I think the one who died is like his dad or something. And like, he says, and they're like, I don't know what he looks at all day. He like is in his own world, little world looking in, in his favorite toy at the snow globe with St. Elsewhere or St. Allegis hospital in it. Uh, thus implying, depending on your interpretation, that the events of the entire six-season series took place in the minds of mind of this autistic boy. Now, on top of that, St. Elsewhere, like many network TV shows, had crossover episodes with other television series. Um, uh, most prominently, uh, some characters from it wound up on Homicide Life on the Street, which debuted the after this had, had come out because they shared an executive producer. And then when you add in that Homicide Life on the Street also had Detective John Munch from Law and Order show up on it, oh who himself is in so many fucking shows that have also X-Files other existed shows. in this universe. Yeah, yeah. the X-Files in this universe. The Wire is in this universe. Um, like, <laughs> Cheers is in this universe. Fraser is in this universe. Wings is in this universe. Everything is in the Tommy Westfall universe. Pointing, now, yeah, pointing at a train going by. That's the Tommy Westfall universe. This has been hotly debated. There's a Wikipedia page just on Tommy Westfall that includes... Um, universe hypothesis. Yeah, the hypothesis, and then um, this this uh, the this uh, universe hypothesis. This universe hypothesis pa- part of the page is about as long as the controversy page on Lena Dunham's wiki. Yeah. Listen uh, the- to the girls' <laughs> episode if you haven't. Thanks, thanks for listening. The best bit is that uh, Michael Bloomberg is the mayor in Law and Order um, during the episodes yeah. that were Michael Bloomberg's term. Therefore, if you follow the logic, real life is in the Tommy Westfall universe. <laughs> That's where <laughs> I get into it. Before I was out on it, but the moment that they were arguing, then that it's real life that's in the Tommy Westfall universe. I was yeah. like, now I'm down. So yeah, I picked because of that and Denzel. That was really right. it. I want to know, know what, like, I... what even is the show otherwise? I don't know. And it, it, it was really boring. It's we also haven't of, done like a, a real medical drama. Like this is the, the prototype of ER and House and Grey's and whatever. And it just was yeah. not as fast paced as them at all. Well, n- not only that, but 
in the first episode especially they get really into the weeds of what the disorders are like like somebody was like right somebody was like somebody's like we gotta really like it doesn't matter if the the people understand what the fuck's going on as far as the medicine we have to say the things that the doctors would say which i understand why someone would think that but it really makes for a slog like it's like they figured that out by the end yes yes it was just so it was so like okay like all right, they're they're really treating these people. <laughs> okay. it, it felt just like when I would go uh, and I would be like at my mom's work for a couple hours because like sure. you know I got dropped off there or whatever because school and something didn't line up. Yeah, and then I would just be like overhearing various medical related conversations and it was just like jargon. Except that was way more interesting than the pilot of. Well, yeah, because this is a TV show, and that Why, was yeah, like this already, like just that was put, put up a camera life. in a hospital. Although this Ooh. TV show in real life do take place in the same universe. Yes, absolutely. And on that note, I was going to say my fear is that Stephen, that you would have uh, on on the snow globe thing, that you would have been like, oh, I recognized this from somewhere. Mm-hmm. This is how those Fansville Dr Pepper ads ended. <laughs> Is it really? They did do yeah, that. They, yeah, they, they, Larry they Cole did that. They pulled out. Funny. They're in the Larry Culpepper universe. That's funny. <laughs> the pilot. What happened on it? A lot I of people things, talking to each other. But also nothing. Yeah. yeah. I I can't find. I, like, this is just the, the, the recaps aren't that. There are so many dramatic things that happen, and it just is with the so goofy flat. synth music, and, like, it's so weird how flat it is. Like, literally, there was a terrorist attack in this first episode. Yeah. They brought people in on. The more important thing was that David Morse's patient was going to get transferred, and they love each other or whatever. Yeah. He cares he's for too attached he's too, to... Yeah, he's too empathetic. And also, he's been he's, working 36 hours straight because he had to cover for someone whose daughter was sick. Yeah. And then he grew attached but, to this teenager who had dysentery. The bigger question I have was, were we incapable of making a sharp lens before 1993 or something like that why is the quality of the second episode worse than the first episode that's what i want it's a vibe why is it why is it that anytime they show exterior lighting because they don't go outside in this episode or any of the episodes it seems it's only in the hospital but anytime you see like light coming through the window it is pure godly white as if they are in like a heaven itself it does feel well, like that in a hospital globe, sometimes. That's the, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, so, I mean, with the knowledge of the finale, like, what, how it, the finale ends, do you find the snow globe thing realistic for this pilot? No. It seems I mean, weird I don't think, that I don't think they planned child... that from the beginning. I think that was a... <laughs> I think it makes sense to me, because I also spend a lot of my time just thinking about what Denzel Washington's up to. I mean... Like, that's what uh, I do with my free time. All the writers must have been on so much cocaine to agree on that. Like, right? Like, what? These, no. what? I think these writers were on Quaaludes based on how slow <laughs> the show is. I don't think no, they I'm were talking doing about that. the ending. I'm talking about the ending. Like, just like... Maybe. How, how, do you, how do you convince... There's like a level of Steven, confidence that I just can't imagine having to be like, this hospital drama that we we're had We're still fucking years. talking about it, dude. So... Yeah. I also, Stephen, I, I would freaks, say... But many television writers in the, about it. Television writers in the 80s, you know which ones were coked out. The thing is that, that w- the way this worked is that this show is probably written by somebody who watched like an episode of Dallas and was living in Kansas City and thought to himself, you know, I could do that. And then he wrote into a studio and they just gave him a job because that would just happen in the 80s because no one cared about TV and they just needed bodies, it seems like. And then he was just like, yeah, I got a great idea. What if it all happens inside someone's head? It's very 
creative writing class. Yeah. Uh, Not cocaine. On that it's note. Like, no, I just, somebody, I just, I just can't, like, how did someone convince the whole room that this was okay? That's a, I I, that's a fair yeah. question. I, I have no fucking Steven, idea. You got to remember, it's a job. By the how way, many times in your how many times in your job are you just like yeah fuck whatever man I want to go home. do the thing I don't care <laughs> we write for TV <laughs> in the eighties yeah. go ahead I don't care yeah sure you want to end the show like that perfect let's end it come on cool. let's get out of here let's get out of here I have had I three martinis time. yeah I've had three martinis for lunch and I need to <laughs> lay down by the way on the note of you know who wrote this wrote the show I figured we should talk slightly about. I'm just looking at Joshua Brand is one of the creators who also created Northern Exposure, and it was a writer on The Americans uh, later on, huh. uh, which is cool. Uh, that explains why that show is so fucking boring, eh? You, I liked, you liked it. it. That one. <laughs> yeah, it was boring. Uh, his co-creator. You liked that one because there were yeah. spies and Russians. Oh, uh, Joshua Brand also because started out America as a writer on a stupid. show I tried to get us to do, but we could not find at all, which was The White Shadow. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then uh, his co his co creator John Falsey also created co created Northern Exposure with him. Cool. So, which of these um, which of these guys stood out most to you? I mean, you know, clearly they didn't make as great of use of Denzel as one would hope. Like yeah. the only reason where you're like, yeah, this is the future movie star of this cast is like he's really handsome. Like right. but, so handsome, but like he didn't like do anything. It's just like oh, nobody so, did anything. You know, maybe Only David like, Morse did anything. Yeah, David. Like it's weird because like the main characters are the three guys hey. I didn't know anything about. Ed Flanders, who I assume hey. Ned Flanders named for. Yes. I just want to say, Howie Mandel also did a lot. Not good. <laughs> Howie Mandel was in slot. Yeah. Ed Bagley Jr. Oh, like yeah. those are guys. Howie Mandel. But, like Ed Flanders, Norman Lloyd, and William Daniels, who are like. Okay. Listed as the stars, uh, and are like listed first. Or William Daniels just exists to be a racist. Like, like, like his that whole was character. Yeah. his yeah. whole just, fucking hey, hey, hey. character. His first, the first episode, he's racist. The second episode, he's anti-Ohioan and also <laughs> Which, racist. A city of billowing smokestacks. <laughs> yeah, that was a great argument. What did he call it? Architecturally, <laughs> architecturally. creatively depressed, and architecturally yeah. devoid, or vice versa. Yeah, architecturally devoid. Yeah, and, and and she's like, "Hey, the Midwest you. is beautiful," and I was like, when I, was I liked her. She was like point. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which was like a brand new thing at that time." That's jumping ahead, but yes, this was Feeney from yeah Feeney from Boy Meets World, and also John Adams from 1776, the longest movie ever made. Oh my God! Right, he was also Kit in Knight Rider. Yeah, that's his main thing. Uh, no, his main thing is Mr. Feeney. His main thing is Mr. Feeney, Travis. <laughs> Actually, his main thing is saying elsewhere. He won two fucking Emmys for it. Oh, he won two Emmys for this? <laughs> he won two Emmys. Jesus Christ. I have to assume that they got their shit together pretty quickly oh, like, and moved away from the dry medical shit of the pilot. Yeah, imagine how terrible it would be to watch TV in the 80s. Like, just a bad time. I forgot that William Daniels was also in The Graduate, and he plays Dustin Hoffman's father. Yeah. Even though he's only like 10 years older. I love when they're just like, I don't know, throw a mustache on that guy. He's going to age 20 years. Yeah. Does anyone else remember the melody of the uh, of the 
do 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 da 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 song that plays. By the police. That's the police. That's a crazy song. Yeah, there's two big music licensing things in here. There's one, I assume, Ian, when you said they committed an Ian Benson war crime, it's when they listen to Born to Run. It sounds like a fucked up version of Born to Run while doing it. Yeah, the guitar sounded like a weird The guitar sounded normal, the vocal sounded weird. Yeah, it's like some weird live version. The thing is that the war, the Ian Benson war crime is when they just play Born to Run and they don't do anything other than play like 15 seconds of Born to Run while they're doing surgery. There's no drive. There's no energy. There's no motion. There's no reason to be playing one of the like, I don't know, five greatest songs ever written. And you're just like, you're like, <laughs> why is this happening? I sh- yeah, I, I should that. be like fucking amped out of my mind. Yeah. How I, many uh, years? I the maddest I've ever show. been at Steven. The single maddest I've ever been at Steven was when he broke a glass while I was doing Born to Run karaoke. <laughs> And so it was right at the one, two, three, four. Uh, so I didn't get to one, do two, the three. rest of the song. Yeah. And it was in a private Horrible. room in Chicago and me and <laughs> were splitting one microphone. We were just cheek to cheek screaming Born to Run. And Stephen broke a glass and then they came in and they had to sweep it up. And the music mm. kept quietly playing in the background. That's brutal. <laughs> you fucked up. Um, Did you say that's the maddest you've ever been at me? Yeah, I was, I was heartbroken. Mm. I was right. I'm I was. I was sure that's true. Let me ha- I'm hello. Hi, I'm Ian Benson, and on the podcast, as you know, I play the character <laughs> Ian Benson. <laughs> oh, so this is like Seinfeld. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the Born to Run thing too. It's just, I, I just didn't get why it was there. If they were like, oh, we're listening to music and surgery, sure. But yeah. it's like they started. I wouldn't do if I like. I don't know. Put racing in the street on or something instead. Like that's slower. This. The first episode felt like it was made by people who didn't actually know how to make TV. Like, yes. it, it, like it just there was it was so discombobulated. I didn't it didn't feel natural. I didn't there was no flow. Like it was it was really in the weeds about medicine and yeah, like yeah, it had it had weird fucking vibes. I said this before you got on the call, Stephen, and uh, before you as well, Matt, but uh, I think that this show plays out like what Travis thinks the movies I love play out like, where you're just like, I don't know, some people talk and nothing happens and then it's over. That's it. Born to Run plays. Nothing exciting. (laughs) Yeah, and then Ian writes a Letterboxd review that's like, this is the most human experience or whatever. (laughs) I felt everything. Travis, an autistic kid with a snow globe, you know? (laughs) If I describe it, actually, that does kind of sound like one of the movies. I like, yeah. Hey, yeah, you know, yeah, there's a terrorist attack, but it happens in the background. It's mostly just about the people. And then there's like, at the end, it's just this profound moment with an autistic child in a snow globe. Profound. Snow globes profound, by huh? uh, Black Country New Road start playing. I will never get that band. Uh, have you guys seen the movie Phenomena by Dario Argento? Uh, I've seen the yeah. final scene of Phenomena. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the I've seen other Argento movies. But th- so that movie has some of the most amazing music drops uh, because th- it'll be it was similarly jarring where the lead will just be like walking slowly in a suspenseful scene into the woods. But Iron Maiden's Flash of the Blade will be playing so <laughs> fucking Flash loud. Flash of the Blade? Why? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, ev- every music drop. One of the worst Saint songs Elsewhere on Maiden Power Slave. Ah, it's fine. You it's still who- good. It's fine, but you know. You know who rules? Do you see? Because I didn't really. I have not seen Phenomena, but I didn't. So I was checking, and, and one of the people in it, one of the kings of our time. I imagine your favorite actor, Matt. I hardly remember who's in that. Donald Pleasance. Oh, Pleasance. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Pleasance. <laughs> Dude, he'd been. He would have been great on this show. 
I was we just thinking about how I was actually just checking to see if he. They should have had like when they showed the psychiatric unit. Like, what if it had Doctor Loomis in it? Yeah. <laughs> Did you know he what hosted Saturday Michael Night Myers? Live in '81? Good for that him. Rules. Early with, SNL hosts are really dude, funny. With Fear was the ba- was oh the, the time when yes. John Belushi insisted on having Fear on, and then they were like, John, do not ever do this again. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking combo! <laughs> yeah, early hey, SNL rule. is total anarchy. It's uh, it's a fun show to look at historically. I don't know uh, anything about the band Fear, and I'm they were a hardcore band. Uh, their best known song, was, the song was called "Let's Start a War." They're prominently featured in the Decline of Western Civilization documentary. Uh, Which you still haven't watched? Uh, Travis, who was 88? Queensryche? No. Oh, no. They're it's 82. Uh, the Pixies. No. The They're 81. Uh, fuck. I'm just writing the ballpark. It's harder up here. It's no. living... No, it's not living color. Uh, is it King's X? No, they're 83. Shit, man. <laughs> I'm just getting this the whole week, 80s. This and week I can't is going to be a bad week. Dang. Sorry, who is it? Oh, it's Tool. Oh, Tool? yeah. I should have got that. Tool, that who hadn't too... even released Lateralist by that time. Yeah, they would certainly be much higher if they modern. redid the list. What? Yeah, they'd only had Enema and uh, Undertow. Did but you they say were way too already. high or way too low? They were just being on there in the year 2000 when they'd only had two albums. That's surprising. I'm, that's what I'm saying. They're like, It's crazy that they're on there because yeah, they didn't have much wild. stuff out. I feel like those records They'd be are... much higher if they redid that. Tool would be much higher, you think? I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, they're they're. I don't know that I would call respected. them like a hard rock band. In that same okay, but sense that list like, also has that list has yes on it and like right. yeah. Floyd, who also or the Kinks because it's like yeah. well they have those two songs. If you want to hear us do this more, just go uh, ask Matt for like the raw cut of the Baywatch <laughs> episode. Uh, <laughs> to hear more of our thoughts on these things. California, oh, oh yeah. right. That's so, okay, who Dick so Jones was. Basically, St. Elsewhere is a hospital where they don't get as much. The, the premise of the show, they it's don't. It's a get, bad hospital. They don't get as much funding as other hospitals, and sometimes they lose patients to to bigger, more funded places. And they call it St. Elsewhere because it's called St. Elegis, and people make fun of it, uh, which yeah. is like not Honestly, a very. It's not a very good burn, to be honest. No. The patron. Well, listen, if you're going to take somebody to a hospital, why would you take them to the hospital that's named after the patron saint of veterinarians? Yeah, that's not good. Um, <laughs> honestly, the part, one of the things I was interested about in the show, based on the ending and the name, I was like, maybe the show has like some magical realism going on or something. Or like some just like quirky shit that I didn't know about. And it just doesn't. It is so. They did like, that for Nor- uh, Northern Exposure when they went on to do that later. Mm. Like it, it was interesting. So my, uh, we're really just not talking about like the plot because like what is, the what, plot what is there to talk about? They, there's just a bunch. A, yeah, everyone a has plot. a two minute long sure. thing. It, but like, yeah, there's, there's like, so many, many things that could have not been included okay. on here. There's there's the guy with the curly hair who who had the most arcing plot, which is the girl David Morse. Yeah, David Morse. Who which he he's there's the girl who's sick. And yeah. he thinks he has an abscess and then, you know, they're getting close and she, she's comfy and then she gets her mom involved and then her mom's like, I think she'd be better treated. No, she hospital. doesn't get her mom involved. Sorry, she he doesn't gets, want her mom he, involved. He gets, yeah. he gets yeah. her mom involved. Okay. Uh, and she's like, don't get my mom involved. She's going to fuck things up. And then she does. And then let's see. My mom fucks things up. 
Yeah, well, it's, it's a lot of Mandel's character. trying to fuck a pathologist. It's a lot of... Uh, she offers him a radish very seductively. I mean, B- works Matt every Ciani. time. <laughs> <laughs> Is Howie Mandel the guy with the Boston hat? Yeah. Who yes, fucks in the morgue? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is sure people have sex in a morgue and we're just like, whatever. Because it was done so dryly. Steven's Irish accent coming through on, fucks in the morgue. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So, okay. So, this show was so dry and so, like, free of drama that the scene where they have sex in the morgue feels so out of place that I, my brain couldn't even register it. It's like, what is happening? Why is this in this show? It just doesn't, there was no thematic. It just was like, okay, I guess they also do this. I think they were just, they were, they knew eventually they were going to spice it up, but this, this was like their attempt at spicing it up in the first episode. Yeah. Cause like Howie Mandel's character is, he's an asshole. Like he's the worst guy. Like, no, 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 he's not. Who's the worst character show. who's a serial rapist who gets shot in the morgue eventually. Right, <laughs> of course. Apparently. Wait, okay, wait. I'm what? just talking about the, uh, the first episode, like. Yeah, I was going to say, the guy who's giving everyone gonorrhea is clearly yes. the worst yes. guy. Uh, one of my notes was, is this the first show to talk about discharge or gonorrhea? Okay. Okay. He wasn't sure whether or not he had sex with this woman, and she's like, no, you fell asleep in the theater. What, when did he Listen. think they had sex? He's just running through so many women, he can't even keep it yeah, straight. Yeah, I think that's the implication. Um, like, the other, the only other thing would be, like, does he, like, black out, like, at some point? <laughs> but, yeah. That one was so weird. He just gets to embarrass himself. Uh, yeah, he's not, but there's one doctor who, I guess, at some point in the show, starts, like, raping nurses, and then he gets shot in the morgue. Jesus. After he gets oh a, after he gets acquitted or something. And this all happens over the course of like 30 seconds and then nobody talks about it anymore. <laughs> Probably. Like there's so many like when you look at the Wikipedia rundown of like each character like there is the so show. much like wild soapy shit that happened on the show, yeah. but it's this like show a, a precursor to Riverdale. Really, <laughs> Everything happens in 30 so seconds and nobody talks but about like, it. But like you again. can see like elementally like ER and Grey's Anatomy and House right. in it. They just figured out just how to make it interesting. Wasn't executed like that. Right. Yeah. And, like, because I think they did also, like, care about the medicine and wanted to, like, do a realistic portrayal of, like, the inherent drama of working in a hospital. And it turns out that a lot of that is fucking tedium, just like any other job. Yeah. Uh, and modern medical dramas do not do that. Yeah, I don't I don't care about that. Why would you want, like, why yeah. watch TV? Like, you're why making is there a it whole up. Plot Make that's it something interesting. The, the guy that they try to de- defib at the beginning of the episode uh, is actually the patient of... Another of the Christina Pickles character, maybe or whatever, some of one of the other doctors, mm-hmm. and her whole plot is her looking for this guy uh, because David Morse forgot to sign the death certificate or forgot to turn in the death certificate. Mm-hmm. Okay, what are cool, and man. then he's like, "You're invading my personal space," and it's because I've been mm-hmm. working for thirty six hours straight, and it's like, yeah, it sucks that you have to like work horrible shifts because of how our system is set up and that you had to cover for this guy and you're too dedicated or whatever. But like, that's not that. Oh, that's, that's not TV. And like, if that's the worst thing happens, it should like, if you're going to most TV shows, if it's like, yeah, he's overworked, he's going to like kill someone in like some gnarly way <laughs> and not like, I forgot to turn in the paperwork on this guy who died. So you wasted your whole day looking for a patient. Yeah. Especially for a pilot. Like, yeah, not just some random filler episode. So, um, one of the things that bummed me out watching this show, is uh, I kind of viewed it like when I watched like um, a sports team with a promising young rookie, 
And I'm thinking, why don't you just feed him the ball? Uh, I feel like if it's 1982 and you have one interaction with Denzel Washington, you're like, this guy's going to supernova. Let's make the whole show about him instead. Uh, But maybe it's just because I know who he is and I heard the voice and I was like, Denzel. I'm sure he has episodes where he's the focus or whatever. It's an ensemble show. uh, I hope it's classic Denzel. Nobody seems to have the focus in either of these episodes, though. I think think the David Morse character is the focus in the first one. He's in the most. Yeah, I, the other characters that yeah, the other prominent one that I knew like from this, or you know, actor that I knew on this show uh, does not appear in either of these episodes because I was like, we're gonna get some Mark Harmon. No, and we he's don't in get the middle seasons, I believe. Yeah, he was named People's Sexiest Man for his work on this show. Mark, the Harmon. son of Michigan football legend Tom Harmon. Yeah, dude, his there are so many blue names on his Wikipedia page. Because <laughs> it's oh, just what like, is he? An promising indie rock musician. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, because it's his parents are Heisman Trophy winner and then an actress model and artist. His two older siblings, one's an actress and painter, one was divorced from Rick Nelson. Uh, and then uh, his other sister was divorced from John DeLorean. And, of course, his son is Dan Harmon, as we all know. That's, that's, oh. that's not true. Oh. <laughs> what if? Yeah, the one guy who didn't get oh. any of those genes. Uh, am I missing any other plots that happened? I, I'm sure, uh, but it doesn't see. matter. Again, there's a terrorist bombing. And people were like, uh, the the racist surgeon guy is like, we should Mr. drum Feeney. up some publicity from this. And yeah, don't. so I don't know. Or maybe they do in the next <laughs> episodes when they have to treat Tim Robbins. Uh, but I love that. That's yeah. so great. I can't believe that this show uh, predicted the Boston bombing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, we haven't even talked about any of the people who are like credited as like the main, main guys, really. I mean, I guess the surgeon is. Yeah, what so yeah, the girl this? doesn't get transferred. Howie Mandel eats a radish. God, this does sound like a movie I like. It's <laughs> 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 like, oh, what does that Bigley Jr. do? He wears a weird shirt, place. and someone's like, "You got to shape up." Like that's his whole role in this episode. <laughs> wow. And then there, and then he's. It's like, why are he late? And he's like, "Sorry, sir, I had to grind. I had to wind up my electric car, and the technology's early. It's powered by AA batteries." Ed Bagley Jr. drives the car from Stuart Little. <laughs> Does he have, like, the ability to play anyone other than himself? Because he's uh, himself, like, he's Ed Bagley Jr. basically in Arrested Development. Is he? Does he appear on Curb as Ed Bagley Jr.? Uh, I think he did appear on a Curb at some point. He is Feels in like Six Feet Under. He is, uh, for a while, uh, in a relationship with the mother uh, on that show. Uh, before eventually if James Cromwell comes in. He's great in Best in Show, where he is playing an Ed Bagley-like character. Also, A Mighty Wind, where he's playing an Ed Bagley-like character. <laughs> he's great. I, I, like, I like him. It's just the joke is that he drives electric cars and only is himself, and he's in so many uh, green organizations. Yeah. How'd this episode end? Did it end on any sort of note other than just, like, credits are rolling? Yep. What, um, what happened? I watched David this Morse yesterday. Was- David Morse was asleep. The girl was asleep. They were going to transfer in the morning. Sure. Yeah, well, I watched this today and I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, come on. We can remember. We can remember the end of Saint Elsewhere. I cannot. Of the, the pilot, Saint Elsewhere yeah. pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can. I don't know. Uh, this seems like it's for he, not he, recommended. He apologizes this, uh, to the woman. It is. It is. Uh, the doctor. The the like chief of staff. Or whatever the, med- the hospital, yeah. whatever the title is, Westfall. is leaving, and he sees David Morse's character asleep in the same room as the, yeah. the girl. Yeah, that's the end. So, would you watch more Saying Elsewhere? 
No. Yeah, fuck no. I would watch a supercut of Denzel's character on YouTube. I wouldn't even do but that. That's because did he do anything? On the bigger and better thing. I don't know. I want to see. And then he's not in the. He finale. talks. Yeah, he talks. They put him in the credits for the finale, and I was like, <gasps> Denzel. And then he didn't show up. You know who else? Uh, you know who gets to be an as you know all star just by virtue of being in the credits, even though they're not in that episode. Was that? It's uh, Stephen First, who was also on Babylon Five as like oh wow uh, one of the the weird hair aliens. <laughs> I don't count that. <laughs> that's that is yeah that's a stretch. You have to have a line or something he was like on that. Screen. That's, that's a stretch. That's uh, this we're putting an asterisk on that one. <laughs> I didn't even cl- I didn't even clock flounder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm looking him up to see if we're going to ever cover a thing that he was on. Oh, apparently everyone, uh, after the series was canceled, the two still remain friends. This is uh, Begley and William Daniels. The the surviving former cast members of um, St. Elsewhere all appeared on uh, an episode of Scrubs, because of course they did. Of course. Another surviving- show that took medicine seriously, but also was like, what if we did stuff? The way you worded that made it sound like St. Elsewhere was some sort of fatal tragedy for most of them. Yes. <laughs> one of those like, cursed shows. Yeah, like one of uh, the surviving members all got together. Yeah. Okay. I want to say something here on Ed Bagley's Wikipedia page that feels a little off. Sure. We're talking about. Welcome to Ed Bagley Talk. Um, it mentions here his friendships and that he was friends with Norman Lloyd, uh, who uh, you know was on St. Elsewhere. And he says... And uh, before St. Elsewhere in the early 80s, the struggling and unknown uh, Bagley met Norman Lloyd. Struggling and unknown. Do you know who Ed Bagley Jr.'s father was? Presumably Ed Bagley Sr. Ed Bagley Sr. Academy Award winning actor Ed Bagley. He, had, <laughs> he won the Academy Award for supporting actor in the 60s. I don't think you could call yourself an unknown when your dad yeah. won an Oscar. That's, yeah. just, that's Hollywood. That's Hollywood. Everyone is an nepotism case, but... You know. That'd be like, oh, poor, unknown, struggling Michael Douglas. <laughs> it's like your father. <laughs> what did he win for? Sweet Bird of Youth, and he was also in 12 Angry Men. Imagine oh. knowing about movies from before you were born. <laughs> I don't have to. I do every day. <laughs> Imagine. So should we just go it? straight to the finale? Uh, yeah, any, any like middle... Uh... Oh, actually, I have a note. This has less to do with anything in particular and more with my viewing experience, which is they're like, this is a rundown hospital. They're really stressed that. And I thought, wow, what a great way to underscore what a rundown hospital it is. There's always like a dog wailing or barking somewhere in the distance. (laughs) And then I paused my episode for a little bit and I realized (laughs) that was just my neighbor's dog. And I thought that it was in the episode. That's amazing. And I was like, are they going to address... I I was like, oh, this is giving it a more comedic tone. They're just like, this place sucks. There's dogs wailing. That didn't seem out of question to me. And then I I paused and I learned that it was just a neighbor's dog that was just like... Ian. Simpering. Please understand that I'm not trying to insult you when I say... That is the most me comment you've ever made on this show. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ever. Okay. I mean, it was only, the difference is, is, I think it was about 10 minutes in. I was like, what is up with this dog sound? Ah, come on. What's it's not up like with this? The sound mixing on this dog seconds. sound is horrible. It was so quiet that I was like, is there like a whimpering dog thinking? just always there? See, Ian, let me teach you. Let me teach you about what it's like to be Steven. You, you, what oh, no. you do, what you do in this situation, right? This is a real thing that happened to you. Now, it's funnier if you didn't realize until until now. So you You're say right. 
you say, "Hey guys, how, how why didn't we why didn't we talk about the dog barking sound that happened for the entire episode?" This is supposed to be a super rundown hospital. Uh, it looks normal. Maybe I just live in the rundown future. <laughs> How good would it be if this was like a comically rundown hospital? Like there are the dog packs moving through the hospital. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 you can't go down that alley. You can't go into that part of the hospital. You'll get mugged. There's just the, gangs. The Tracy yeah. Jordan the bit at the end of Thirty Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a human rib cage as a basketball hoop. <laughs> the receptionist is a dog. <laughs> that sounds like a thing have. that would happen on some weird, like some like season sixteen episode of a medical drama. I'm just looking right now. I've been scanning Wikipedia for like weird story beats that happen. Uh, so, for example, the Ed Bagley char- character, uh, Dr. Ehrlich, bad luck seemed to follow Ehrlich around, including during his first solo surgery when an armed pregnant woman, played by Judith Light, took the surgical team hostage. Okay, that's pretty sick. Are you. T- <laughs> There's an episode where Judith Light is an armed pregnant woman. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. <laughs> uh, a bunch of people's kids die on this show. <laughs> Of course, that's that's the most dramatic thing you could show. Maybe we should do. Maybe we should do a thing where we we go through some of the shows that we watched and watch uh, if it's not the pilot or the finale, just watch the highest rated episode. Just like all right, this watch ran, the exact. This was a hundred. Watch the exact midpoint of the television. Uh, yeah, maybe. Series. Yeah, like maybe if it's like maybe if it's like ah, oh, this is twenty two minutes long, guys. Let's watch the first most middle and last episode of the show. <laughs> we've d- yeah, we've done the we've most done the start point, the end point. Let's do the median. Yeah. We're going to make uh, a box graph yeah. of all of the television Box and shows. Whisker, baby. Box and okay, Whisker. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, what's up? Ehrlich originally believes that he was an orphan. His parents died in an auto accident when he was five years old and he was raised by his aunt. However, during then season it turned five, out the aunt was his Ehrlich mother? found out that his parents were still alive. At the Oliver Twist Banquet Awards, is that like a banquet for orphans? I don't know what that's supposed <laughs> Presum- to be. Yeah, sure. He was, or presumably <laughs> an orphanage. Uh, the Oliver Twist. Best <laughs> orphan sorry, of the year. I wish that I could have heard Alec Baldwin as Jack Donahue say the yeah. Oliver Twist Banquet <laughs> Awards. Eddie, at the awards, he was visited by his long-lost parents who were actually government spies. Whoa! This is... Later in life, he moved to Baltimore where he was seen trying to save the life of mayoral candidate Al Giardello in the 2000 finale to Homicide Life on the Street. Okay, wait. Wow. Which character was this again? Al Giardello. No, 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 no. Played by Kodo. Oh, this is all the Ed Bagley character. I love the wow. idea of Ed Bagley. Why isn't is he that related the to Algae Rhythm? Also, wait, why did Homicide Life on the no. Street have Yafet Koto play a guy with an Italian name, Alphonse Giardello? <laughs> because when you look at Yafet Koto, you think <laughs> that guy's super Italian. <laughs> I'm looking at the Howie Mandel characters. Anything interesting? Got suspended for putting super glue all over Gideon's desk as a prank on his 30th birthday. This person's That's the worst. That's pretty lame. He matured later. That's lame. I'm reading the Denzel character now. Is there anything interesting? Oh, he's supposed to be from Shaker Heights. Hey, that's like a lot of... <laughs> this is the most handsome of representation of Shaker Heights. Yeah. A lot of Clevelandy stuff going on. Yeah, this furthers your argument, Stephen, and I believe are kind of the collective argument that Ohio is the most American state. It is. Yeah. It is the center point of America. It is exactly the middle of every piece of culture. I was thinking of that... I was thinking of that during the finale where I was like, there are so many cities they could have picked. It's How always it Cleveland. Always Cleveland. It's always it's Cleveland. Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it could be no Minneapolis. One's, no one's from fucking or, Kansas City or, yeah. you know, Des Moines. Like, it's always Cleveland. 
nothing interesting happens in Zell Washington's character. He just dates different people, gets named chief resident, and then moves to Mississippi. Which Denzel Washington role is your favorite, Travis? You know, I haven't seen that many Denzel movies, although I've seen two recently. I believe two. Macbeth. Macbeth, and he got game. I watched the this Equalizer too. But uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Training Day is a is an obvious one. But you know, I'm not I'm not super. Oh, Malcolm X is probably his like best. Yeah, it's, it's performance. It, yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, they should reboot this with John David Washington. Who does, they should who not bliss, reboot blessfully. this. Yeah, no, they're going to reboot it with Mark Wahlberg and John David Washington. Matt, I'm calling NBC Matt, right now. Matt, I, I, I'd like to agree with you here, but I can't because the reality is we've done it on the podcast, so they're going to reboot it. So let's yeah. talk about what they're going to do. Okay, hold on, hold on. I found a, a character with an interesting stuff of Nurse Shirley Daniels, portrayed by Ellen Bry. Uh, sure. I don't know if she she's on this episode she, or not. In the in like the early part, like right after the plane crash, who are like frenemies. <laughs> No, she was gone from the show by then. Oh, okay. Ian, um, I have they were the best okay, part of the so show. she's she's I the one who them. kills the she's the one who kills the rapist guy. Okay. Uh, charged with White's murder, Shirley was released on bail, and while training, awaiting trial, returned to St. Eligius, first as an appendectomy patient, and then briefly as a nurse after suing the hospital to reinstate her old position. Shirley worked only one shift after reinstatement, however, firing a fake gun at Dr. Morrison, the David what? Morse character, and wandering out of the ER afterwards and into the night. Uh, Hell yeah. It was later revealed that Dr. Auschlander never gave her the go-ahead to begin working in the hospital again. Shirley is convicted of White's murder, but returned to St. Eligius in the 1986 episode as a prisoner of the state, brought in for treatment, unavailable at Framingham State Prison. During this episode, Shirley was again accused of murder when her hospital roommate mysteriously died. That incident, combined with a botched welcome back party thrown by the staff, she was given a picture slash sampler that reads, We hate you, <laughs> led Shirley <laughs> to realize that St. Eligius would never fully welcome her back, and she bitterly exited the series chained to a wheelchair for the trip back to prison. Oh my god. More hell yeah. And it's the character who killed the most evil character, and they were just like, what if we just treat her like shit? <laughs> what if her life just sucked? You well, I mean, sure, she killed the show. most evil character. But then the fact that she's just like, I'm coming back with a fake gun. Maybe maybe she's not that good of a person. So, finale time? Finale time. Yeah. I think this Actually, was the first show that had someone uh, put a sandwich next to a corpse in the morgue, based on what I'm reading here about the Stephen First character. The first show. I'm sorry. Wait. What? You know, there's always that trope that's like, you know, coroners and whatever. Like, they just eat around dead bodies or whatever, and they're fine with okay. it. Okay. Uh, the Stephen First That character. makes more sense. Or sorry, a when morgue attendant puts a sandwich next to someone's, next to, oh, you know what? He died. That's what not why. That's why he's not in the last episode. Someone else put a sandwich next to his corpse, and Howie Mandel chastised the guy. Exciting stuff. Hmm. Yeah, being the uh, being the morgue attendant, or being the guy in the morgue who is eating the sandwich while talking through the dead body is like one of the dream acting roles. I think mm-hmm. it's up there with um, guy who's gone native in foreign land that works for the CIA. Basically, Bruce Campbell in Burn Notice is what I'm describing. Okay, the character you know. that, that Denzel gets together with to move to Mississippi is played by Alfre Woodard, and then she also appeared in Homicide Life of the Street and was working at a hospice and was suspected of euthanizing patients, but no criminal charges were filed. Imp- That's so much better. Yeah. <laughs> important question. Is Homicide Life on the Street just as boring as this? Because I keep, every time it comes up, I want to watch it to be more. Really cool. I mean, it's the precursor well, to The Wire, which is also a show you found boring. So, yeah. I don't know. But, you know, but it's on network TV instead of HBO. So, that's so probably better. <laughs> what? It's not as long. <laughs> it's shorter. It's more committed to being entertaining. 
Okay, I need to plug in my computer, and then we, we got to talk, talk about, about the thing. This TV show that we're here. We already talked about, about the plane crash. Yeah, we did talk about the plane crash. Um, Do you want to talk about the guy from RoboCop? Which guy from RoboCop was on this? The guy who's like the chief or whatever. He's from RoboCop. Is the dude in RoboCop? He's the evil dude in RoboCop who he gets oh. he gets shot and then falls out of the building. All right, yeah. You know, that. the the evil executive. Yeah, I was like, where do I recognize this guy from? And I was like, oh, RoboCop. The the Mr. Merkin thing was apparently a big fugitive joke because the one armed man. How? Wait, did that guy have only one arm? Yeah. Are you making fun of me for the time <laughs> that I didn't notice that someone had one arm? <laughs> I, I genuinely didn't notice. All right. I also to genuinely make sure. didn't. <laughs> what? What happened? I forgot about the time you didn't realize that we'd had a meal with somebody who only had one arm. I was on the other side. <laughs> it was reasonable. That is actually Loki. No, your, like, <laughs> your most Larry David is not knowing somebody had another arm side. because quote I was on the other <laughs> side. <laughs> that's that's the part that really said I was on the other side. We had sp- that was like three hours into us hanging out with that person. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to talk about how Bruce Greenwood uh, plays uh, Yossified Michael J. Fox? Uh, I guess he's the one who has AIDS or thinks he's the one who thinks he has HIV but it was a false positive he's the one who prayed to God and then God cured his AIDS that's how it works that was one of that was one of the lines that I had written down as the potential end but we should talk about quote there's no doubt in my mind that I have AIDS but I've been praying and I'm sure God's healed me I thought that was a joke I thought that guy was like sarcastically like the way that I would say was like, it? Yeah, I have food poisoning, but I have been praying. Do you He's think earnest. so? That's what I thought. And then later, like it comes up again and he keeps talking about God. And I was like, oh, no, this guy's actually a crank. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I didn't think he was joking. Just by the way, it was point. played. Yep, that's uh, all we got on him. Uh, Howie Mandel is treating uh, a opera singer who's clearly supposed to be doing like whatever the Wagner yeah. one of the Valkyries is or whatever. They, uh, I love that it's like he's just a Viking. Uh, a singer who's lost her voice uh, and he's like, oh, great. Oh, great. Like, you know, classic, classic case, boring. And then the other guy says it's more complicated than that. But it's actually just that she's wearing an outfit. Like, there's nothing more complicated about it. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, like will, please, will someone hold my spear? Yeah. Because <laughs> she had to take because she had to take her props. Right. It's not just that she didn't even have time to change. And she has... She couldn't says, even put... She has a partner there. It's also his last day on the job. Right. Imagine trying to get a spear in the back of an ambulance. <laughs> or even better, in just like the car that's taking you there. It's just out the it, window. In the, you the windows that down. you're taking to the hospital because you <laughs> yeah. can't afford the ambulance. <laughs> yeah, because it's cheaper. Yeah. I mean... And you're like, can you put the windows down? And then you put a spear <laughs> through the two windows. That's funny to imagine she took an ambulance because she lost her voice. <laughs> that's... <laughs> hey, man. Theater people down. are fucking insane. <laughs> that's true. Uh... I, her and then her partner is like uh, just an seems aspiring like cool actor guy, guy who is, <laughs> seems to be in on it and like doesn't it like takes off his helmet when he's talking to the doctors, but she keeps her props on the whole time, getting wheeled she's around method. in a wheelchair. Well, she's German. Yeah, she's mad. She's yeah, this method. is this is just what Jared Leto did in Morbius, just getting wheeled <laughs> to the bathroom. Morbius is already not playing at my local theater that I'm a member That's of. That's so. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it did really weirdly well at the box office. Uh, Gateway has taken a stand, and I have no choice but to respect it. That's so it. funny. There are <laughs> they other, have everything there are everywhere at once with in. six showtimes today. So 
this this episode starts with like the most as you knowing ever and like weird quips and yeah. weird summary. Mm-hmm. Like these people are like these people are like it, it like they must have thought, wow, people right actually may have not tuned in for a while and decided to tune in for the finale. Yes. They're like my understanding of 80s television from this podcast is the anticipation that every episode might be somebody's first episode. Every single one of them. Especially Absolutely. finale where like more people are going to tune in. Yeah, they didn't they didn't understand serialization until HBO came around. It's like, ah, uh, we've been at each other's throats a long time. Just like I hey, loved them. What, Those two ladies. You've been, great. you've been, you've been through <laughs> a lot. Leaving your homeland, four failed marriages, and then the drug dependency. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, like this, it's just like this people don't talk like this in, in any in either of the episodes. <laughs> I love this conversation. It's, <laughs> it's also one of those things with the way that this television, the way our podcast works with these moments is for all we know, this person's making a joke and exaggerating, yeah. but because we don't have the previous context, we uh, take this as I'm their assuming gospel. That I'm assuming when I was scrolling with totally earlier, there is one of the nurses does have a drug dependency. It reminds me of when in Riverdale, they'll just like pause for a minute and one of the characters will explain all the things that have happened that school year. Yep. Uh, yep. Just like in order. Yep. Just like the just Frank like, Grimes. Oh, yeah. Well, after the. The, the ghoulies and serpents fought over the the guardians and gargoyles match that killed the small child that was only ep- introduced for one episode. <laughs> Things have been stressful. Yeah, exactly. That's It's why the Frank Grimes episode of The Simpsons is perfect because it's just that moment where he's like shouting about all of this stuff and Homer's just like, well, I have an Emmy. And he's like, what? And he's like, don't you? And learns that like Homer's been to space. <laughs> and won an Emmy and all, or, or won a Grammy and all of these things, and it's just like, wh- what? Yeah. yeah, there's the plane. There's the plane crashing into the hospital, which is prefaced by someone saying the line, "Jumpin' Jack, what was that flash?" <laughs> I mean, whenever a plane crashes into a building that I'm in, uh, my reaction absolutely would just be saying, "Holy smokes!" And then I would forget about it within ten minutes. Mother <laughs> of pearl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Jump and Jehoshaphat. Some other doctor piloting like a little biplane <laughs> crashed <laughs> in the hospital. And then it's just it's in the just... background the whole episode. Yeah, like they just keep going, which I guess a hospital would do because it's a hospital. Yeah. My insensitive thing was my first thought was I was like, isn't this how Roy Holiday died? Roy Holiday, um, there was the Yankees pitcher who crashed a small plane into a building in New York. Uh, yeah, also. Um, and of course, that's how Kobe died too. Yeah, that was a helicopter. Uh, I know, and that's why Matt and I stood around uh, at Griffith Park and would point at helicopters and say, "That's so insensitive." <laughs> I know that's how Jesus Kobe died. Christ. <laughs> uh, too soon. <laughs> too soon. So that's when we were telling the helicopters. Can keep going. That's uh, when we were telling the helicopters. <laughs> Have they no respect? This was one of the things. So knowing how, knowing the reveal at the end, I spent this whole episode trying to look for like clues. Yeah. So I was like, maybe he has like an airplane toy and he like crashed it into the Absolutely. snow globe or something. Uh, and like the weather, like eventually they get really fat, chunky snow going on outside that like looks very unrealistic. Then I'm like, okay, this is the hint, I guess. But there had also just been a thunderstorm. It was pretty wild. Uh, I, I, feel like, I feel like they, they, they'd need to like retcon the fact that it was always snowing outside this place. <laughs> <laughs> like it's sort of a it's sort of a weird thing to have six seasons of episodes. They probably have shots outside 
during the day. At for all we point. know, there was never an outside shot in this because we I, don't see it in yeah. either of the. Yeah, well, yeah, you're lines. right. So then so it maybe didn't they happen. did always have this plan. Yeah, uh, there definitely were exterior shots, mm. uh, people outside, because one of the episodes of Saint Elsewhere, they go to a, no- a notable Boston landmark. They go to the bar from Cheers. Mm. Of course. Mm. Oh yes. Well, you yeah. know he can. He he's a he's a autistic kid. Have you watched an episode of Cheers? No, Stephen. That's not how the Tommy Westall universe works. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he didn't watch an episode of Cheers. He, he created Cheers. Cheers in his mind palace. <laughs> there's also an episode I was reading. There's an episode where they say we're going to go to the bar that inspired Cheers. And then later on is when they go to Cheers. <laughs> Can I just take a second to be like, I mean, I know this is from the 80s and it really is useless to be like, this is problematic. But also like. Let's not just throw an autistic kid at something to be like, you know, like, it's just like, oh, well, yeah, you the hear magical that, realism of an autistic kid. Yeah. This is the most, this is like the most reckless throwing an autistic kid at something that I've probably ever seen, maybe. <laughs> you gotta like, see his so music, man. You gotta <laughs> see the film. You gotta do it. Have you watched it? The, I, the phrase reckless throwing of an autistic <laughs> kid <laughs> launched his ass at them. I love that. I, Here's the thing that bothers me about the reveal is I think it's implied in this episode that that character is never shown until the very until the scene where Doctor um, uh, where Doctor Westfall comes back and he's like this is my son he's autistic you know like it seemed like that the show has not introduced that character before until this very last episode and they're like yeah he's in it also they do make mention of when that doctor comes back uh, the other that's not the case his first appearance is in eighty three okay okay it just me there's just so much as you knowing that it's and an episode called all about Eve which I can only imagine was him dreaming up the film all about (laughs) Eve (laughs) that's in there. uh, also, when Doctor Westfall comes back, and the and the guy says, "Last time I saw you, you know, you showed me your whole ass, or whatever." I forget what exactly <laughs> he says, but like that is a real thing that happened on the show. Uh, his like, final yeah, appearance the before Moon. Two yeah, moons. his his, we, we, his very last appearance before this episode, he does actually pull his pants down. And his ass is shown on TV. This was a landmark this is, thing. It's like NYPD Blue. NYPD oh, Blue. Is, yeah. <laughs> And ABC yeah, was like, we've, deter- we've determined, they're like, we've determined it's not sexual, so it's okay. It's so crazy that they showed um, Dennis Franz's ass on TV. <laughs> so many times. Good for Dennis Franz. It's like how Harvey Keitel loves to whip his dick out. Let Dennis Franz show his ass. Um, we, as a culture, when did we move past mooning? Uh, after Randy Moss pretended to moon the Packers crowd and Joe Buck got mad about it. and then that was You know, that's stuck. such a quick, good answer to that that I have to accept that that's the canonical truth. I said that like in the abstract thing and we'd have like two minutes on this maybe and you just fucking... I can't think of a more prominent mooning since then. I can't, yeah. I can't believe that like... That moment happened. I feel like it would have been a smaller deal if he'd mooned people. Like he pretended <laughs> to moon people, and yeah, it was he's like mimed pulling he pants mimed down. pulling his pants down, and it was the biggest controversy of our lives for like a few weeks. It was so yeah. I'm sorry. I just I just remember caring about things. I remember caring about things, and it's a it's a weird. <laughs> it's just thing. weird because Joe Buck now is like a pretty like self-effacing like guy that. I can't believe that he's the guy who oh, yeah. like a tasteless act or whatever. <laughs> do you think do you think that okay, remember how before you know how sometimes we'll watch shows that were made in like 1999 and we'll be like, "Oh, this is so pre-911." Just because of some like 
they're just a bit careless about some things or, or like okay. or there's you know just like I mean? no con- there's no sense of impending anything right just right like end of history like, ah, like everything's really everything's really optimistic like in a lot of ways do you think that in 10 years we're gonna watch a show from 2019 and be like god this is so fucking pre-covid like I mean, we this do that. is so I do that yeah i imagine that we would yeah but i'm just well we don't have the context of that many shows after covid i guess you know what i mean i mean that doesn't mean that i still don't do that yeah okay all right i mean the main way that i notice it now is just like like I even now I still sometimes get the like wow nobody's wearing a mask or whatever but like yeah yeah, yeah so watching like, a film set in the seventies or and then you watch yeah like Kimmy the Soderbergh film and you see the way that Zoe Kravitz uh, does the drying the hand sanitizer and you're like well yeah that's great physical acting because I see people do that all the time yeah and then if you showed that to someone before that they'd be like what the fuck is any of this yeah <laughs> is this movie taking place during like an apocalyptic thing what happened like, yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, no, it was pretty chill. Well, I mean, it was really bad, but, you know, we got over it. it. Yeah. As a nation, we got really past it pretty quickly. And actually, that was part of the problem is we all just got tired. Anyways, what's up with you? <laughs> yeah. Remember all those news stories of the people who were on, like, silent retreats and shit like that for a month oh and then God. came back and they're was like, Was one of them Jared Leto? <laughs> You're telling me. I think Jared Leto what? claimed that he, did, that he was on one of those. Yeah. That's yeah, I just, I'm, I just, I'm trying to remember. There well, was he some was one on one of those here. on his island. Where he has a, a bunch cult. Of teenage girls, yeah. It's so uh, fucked. Yeah. Wait, is that real? But Will Smith has to get back his Oscar or whatever. Yeah, Jared Leto's like a huge pederast. Um, no, I mean, he's the worst in every way, but I didn't he know. Literally he literally has a cult. a cult. Yeah, it's a thing. He like, sure, he like raps on a movie and he puts on a white robe and he goes to an island where he's like Jesus. Yeah. Imagine feeling that way about the guy from 30 Seconds to Mars. I would only feel that way about Jordan Catalano. Uh, my so-called life joke. Uh, it's the role he played on My So-Called Life, uh, starring Claire Danes. All right, a what show that happened? will only be coming up if we decide to do that month where we only watch season, television shows that only ran one season. Yeah. And then we're going to do that month where we only watch television shows that get canceled after one episode so we can talk about Emily's reasons <laughs> why not for three hours in <laughs> Steven's magnum opus, <laughs> Screed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, he laughs like that because he knows it's true. Speaking <laughs> of things that are problematic, there's a part where he like Howie Mandel has an Asian nurse do the say like Godzilla, like doing some like oh my racist God. Godzilla voice. He's like, please yeah. do it for me and he's one like, more gets time. Me every time. You know what else is problematic? We touched on it already, but William Daniel saying that Cleveland, a fine place, is architecturally <laughs> <laughs> devoid. But it's. Yeah. As opposed to the first episode where he's like, this Indian man smells bad because he's Indian and, and I'm not. And also racist. in this episode, otherwise, when he's like, maybe I'll go down to Chinatown and run over to the. To the uh, yeah, all Asian of those are fine and good. No problems at all. It's not until he puts the Midwest in his crosshairs that I <laughs> get your my average red blooded American out your goddamn mouth. <laughs> Slapping Mr. Mouth. Feeney. <laughs> That was Drew so Carey wild. And why, did, oh, why did people get mad? It would be Kid Cudi. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been LeBron. <laughs> that would kill him. LeBron, LeBron slaps William yeah. Daniels. Yeah. That <laughs> you would think be you could death. take a slap from LeBron? He slaps current day William Daniels, Daniels, who's like 93 years old. 95, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> were, were you asking if, if you think you could take a slap from LeBron? No! 
Yeah, Are you yeah, insane? Yeah. I mean, no. We do know that no NBA players can fight for whatever what is, that's worth. But what is, that's what, what, I, what that's is could say. what is could take? Like, what does that mean? Like, how many days like, in the like, hospital like no would you it? could you do and still be considered yeah, to dude, have taken? No, that's it. the right answer, Stephen. Yeah. Do you think you could no sell a slap from LeBron like, James? No, I definitely couldn't. Could you handle it as well as Chris Rock handled the slap from Will Smith? <laughs> no, Will Smith just slap the shit. Out. What a fucking reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the discourse is annoying, but that was crazy to see. Yeah, dude, it was watching it live, and the audio cuts out, and we're all like, "Oh, that wasn't staged." Yeah. Oh, was... did he just do it? And then there were the people who were like, "Don't fall for it. It's a work, you easy marks." <laughs> and then we all saw the Japanese broadcast. Yeah, and we're where like, they oh, didn't shit, cut the really audio. <laughs> and then he accepted the Academy Award for Best dude. Actor. 30 minutes That's later so and started by saying he is a fierce defender of his family. It was great television yeah. and next year they're going to be like who knows what could happen they're watch the Oscars. Bad it's bad Again, jokes. the only thing that should have happened was Jesse Plemons should have mock slapped Amy Schumer and said keep my wife's name out of your fucking <laughs> mouth when she did the, the whole like Kirsten Dunst is a seat filler. Like if we had done that, America would have healed. We all would have moved on and Jesse Plemons would have been given the Oscar already. They, they would have let him take Will Smith's Oscar and be like, I don't know. I guess this is probably for Killers of the Flower Moon, but that movie's not even out yet. But let's go, Jesse. Let's go. Let the millionaires fight for my entertainment. I have so little in life. What else is going on? There's a guy who survived Jonestown here. Yeah, that that guy, that guy, that guy. Whew. It's a lot. <laughs> He's so much. He There's just, a guy here who had Hodgkins, and he. It's just Ian. He survived again. Jonestown. He's Jewish yeah. coded. He survived Hodgkins. This is just Ian Benson, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored. How does one survive Jonestown? <laughs> he. Probably thought the Kool Aid tasted bad or something. <laughs> uh, they spat they, it out. Okay, they like, knew the Kool Aid was poisoned. They were forced to drink. A lot of but people he was were forced like, to drink. Eh. It. And he moved on. I don't know. Or maybe yeah. what was it? What is the legend that Napoleon drank too much poison, so he had to throw it up? Like he drank the most Kool Aid, and then and then he his body was like, oh, actually. Are you describing? Are you just conflating that entire scene from The Princess Bride and thinking no. that Napoleon is involved? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not thinking of Iocane powder. Don't question my knowledge of The Princess Bride. Uh, I, I just Napoleon there, drinking Gatorade. Why is this a Why is this a search result? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it's Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. No, there's a there's a there's a. Oh yeah. Okay. Napoleon was said to consume large amounts of poison. Uh huh. I believe there's so that, a one season Napoleon Dynamite TV series that we could uh, shut up. It was an animated show. We're not going to do that. That's the worst. Uh, Six episodes. I'd sit that one out. I would also sit that one out. It's just Travis alone, like <laughs> one of those uh, sports radio podcasts where the guy just talks <laughs> at you. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Okay. Plane crash. That was boring. Guy has a stroke and dies. Yeah. Who cares? Oh yeah, Doctor Ashlander dies, and they're like, dang. We'll do it impromptu. Didn't even live, didn't even live to see the hospital get sold, because yeah. they're selling it back to the archdiocese, I guess. Sure. So that's what's happening. A lot of fight now. Yeah, yeah, but no drama. Yeah, because just like yeah, most of the, the watch, really. There's a big group. There's a big group hug. Yeah. That guy gets locked in the closet for being a wife guy. At one the point, Howie Mandel says, "Each of those people I met helped shape me into the person I am today." 
Unironically. And like then, some he of this a, dialogue... then he put a condom on his nose and then started blowing until it... was a glove. It, is it a glove? It was a glove. It's <laughs> not a condom. I thought... I just wanted there was like a... Network no. television. <laughs> it's a fucking glove. I thought Ian, it was on a comic Ian, here's the, Ian, here's the part where you tell us that in the 80s they had a ban from showing condoms on TV and we all believe I, you. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, that one time I said the thing of like, oh yeah, well you couldn't say masturbation on television after the 1993 Congressional Act and you're all like, God, what a sick country. And I was like, guys, that was a joke. <laughs> I lied to you and I'm sorry. I forgot that this is the type of thing where I uh, have... Full authority. Right. I'm, I'm telling you, you should take advantage of that. And that was an. Just, th- this, you know what? I'm not actually. No, we I'm, don't tell lies on this podcast. I'm not actually making any jokes today. I'm just telling Ian the jokes that he should make. <laughs> like, I have no interest in Really? You're giving really Ian a punching him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for an entire episode, it's just Stephen like, writing the jokes for me. This holding episode takes up, two and a half hours longer a, than it normally does. Bad. <laughs> it only takes two yeah, and a half. Just, it only takes two and a half hours longer to record. The, you can cut out a lot yeah. of dead air. <laughs> the, the last thing of note that happens is when uh, Jaime Mandel is about to leave the hospital, and then someone comes in and he tries to, and he goes, "It's not over till the fat lady sings." And then the opera singer uh, starts. Well, you're also singing. jumping over the fact that he like says all of these like heartful things to her. Oh, and she's and foolish. the guy's like, "You're wasting your time." And he's like, oh, like "No, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have done, done it anywhere else." Any and he's way. like, "No, no, no, she." She she doesn't speak English, dude. Can we talk about the acting of the guy who crashed his plane? Because. Because it was literally like, oh, ah, ah, oh, <laughs> like this was a guy <laughs> who was in like mortal pain and you like go back and he's just like, ah, oh, I love also <laughs> just right when the plane crashes and you, they like go outside and they see the plane crash and you just have the way the people are running from it or to it. I was just like, oh, this is, this is great. Also later when he's chasing the guy, the patient who gets away. And he just looks down to the three hallway options that the guy might have gone. And it's like, normal hallway, normal hallway, crashed plane in the hospital. And the conversations are normal. It's so weird. There's a missing wall because a plane crashed into it. And then they're talking about, like, nurse shifts. No, that's deeply believable. This is this is some Resident Evil ass shit. Like you're walking around a building and you're just like, oh no, that's the one the plane crashed in. Let <laughs> me just go the other way. <laughs> Open the door. There's just a plane door. in there. <laughs> ah, there's but it's a wicker nice. In there. It's actually nice because the plane crash uh, opened up the way to the garden yeah. for me. So now I can do this. Yeah. The, yeah. The idea that you're just like, oh, have you gotten to the plane crash part? And you're like, what? Oh, yeah. Don't worry about it. You can't go through that room until the plane crash happens. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's very Resident Evil. So. And then they hire back. Iconic scene. <laughs> yeah. They hire back the guy. And he's like, I want to hear it from the dude who died. And they're like, you have to sit down. He's like, no, I'm fine. Tell me now. Bring him in. And he's like, no, no, no. He died. Oh my god, cancer's like no, he died like two hours ago. He had a stroke. <laughs> that would be it's crazy. Wild. I would that would <laughs> fuck me up. <laughs> yeah, they really <laughs> understood. Yeah, they also like, oh my god, why did you tell me? Well, I, this this is it, it, it just happened. <laughs> what was the other show we talked about where that happened? Oh, it was the originals. Where it's like, oh, you can't find her. She's dead. Oh, and yeah. then they see her, her like body, body on the street. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, 20 minutes, man. <laughs> Fucking, you came straight here. You might have had a chance. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, and, you know, autistic boy staring at a snow globe. <laughs> stupid ending. Really stupid ending. Stupid ending. So How do we feel you, about it compared to the ending of Felicity? <laughs> it did make me think. Felicity ruled. 
Didn't make me think. Maybe just be like, oh, God, this is so dumb. I had thoughts. I'm not going to deny it. Head empty. If this were a decade later, it would have been a snow globe themed clip show. And like, <laughs> and then there would have been like magic existed. Guys, see, that's why Felicity was good. Because <laughs> they at least had the part. What's the first one? Like, wow, what a cute little show. And then we watched the last one. And the person's like, so you've already consult- can, you know, consulted with the dark arts? And she's like, well, of course. And you're like, yeah, it's not in. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. Do you have the tree that was used to create the spirit of destiny? And she's like, yes. Do you know what would have like, been? Oh, okay. Do you know what would have been better? Is if if for whatever reason this show got renewed, and then so like the, so they had like two seasons after they revealed that this <laughs> all just happened in the mind of an autistic kid, <laughs> just like yeah yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they aired a finale and then had to air some more episodes afterwards due to some weird scheduling yeah. conflict, like what happens with apparently every show. <laughs> there's an episode where they're just like there's an earthquake happening, but it turns out the kid's just <laughs> shaking the snow globe. Yeah, yeah. They could really start. They could really start playing with that idea. Like, okay, the so the kid takes the snow globe out on vacation, and like, you know, and then it drops it in a puddle, and then suddenly there's just like water everywhere. And did they do this in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? They should have done this. Oh, the sky starts cracking. There's cracks in the sky, and everybody goes goes about their day, and are like, "Have you seen the cracks in the sky?" And they're like, "Yeah." Anyway, my patient uh, needs th- twenty three cc. I'm trying to think of like what toys could be there that's suddenly there. It's just like Optimus Prime <laughs> is just hanging out in the parking lot. I would say if we want to do uh, a medical shows that have uh, black magic in them, and also shows that last of one season, we could watch Kingdom Hospital. Which I'm learning now had Ed Bagley Jr. in it. <laughs> Which is the one where Frankenstein's uh, monster is still alive and is like investigating like medical crimes or whatever. <laughs> what? I don't know. What? <laughs> is that in one of Dean Koontz's Frankenstein books? Like, what is I don't. I think it's one of those ones where it's just like. That is, okay, that's unbelievable. <laughs> Does that was a 30 Rock show or no? <laughs> Monster <laughs> TV show. I think it's this one. I, I'm not complaining it with insane. a few. <laughs> oh, sorry. It was a. It was a TV. It was a. It was a. Uh, what I was. <laughs> sorry, I was conflating this with the Frankenstein MD, the comedy horror series, <laughs> the web series. Yeah. Um, you got that. But no, there's one. I swear to God, and maybe. Oh yeah, you also got the Frankenstein Chronicles. Where it was Sean Bean was an inspector who was a river police officer. I don't know what the fuck the English are, where they have river police officers. <laughs> but yeah, a river police officer who uncovers a corpse made up of body parts of eight missing children. I protect and serve uh, the river. <laughs> yeah. No, there's definitely one of these things where it's like, yeah, you know, Frankenstein's monster lived and now he solves crimes. Uh, television's stupid. St. Elsewhere. St. Elsewhere. That was it. Folks, say no swear. They just start talking about the fact that uh, there aren't seasons anymore and it just snows every three or four days <laughs> for the whole year. Like, you know, whenever the kid thinks about it. All right. Are you guys glad you watched this much St. Elsewhere? No. Not really. No. Do you, do we, did we learn anything? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing that we got to start doing in this podcast is uh, the moral yeah. of what these episodes yeah. were. What what we the learn? moral of this? St- oh, the wheel of morality, baby. Mm, yeah, let's do that. Let's introduce a wheel of morality to this podcast. We need a convoluted bit. All right, yeah, we need more bits. What What is the moral of St. Elsewhere? Uh, we all might be living in the head of an autistic child. Uh, yeah, so that's what I was thinking. Like, like, this might not be real. Yeah. 
at the end of the day... Be, feel free at, to cut this part out. Stephen, as the podcast's resident autistic child... <laughs> yeah, no problem. I thought that was Matt. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's definitely me. Autism and, and OCD are not the same. That's true. Uh, do you think... What do you think the world would be like if it was the snow globes? Or do you have a if snow globe? If it was me. What, what, yeah, what, what do you think it would be like if you were the one... If you were the Tommy Westfall of this world. I mostly that just, we know you are. <laughs> I mostly just think... <laughs> would be yeah, maybe one character who speaks Japanese. It would be like an adult swim show somewhere between, you know, like uh, Xavier Renegade Angel and... Oh, like, don't do that to yourself. Yeah, no. Have some self-respect. Um, fair enough. But, like, <laughs> it would be Joycey. And, like, uh, the the thing that I think about the most, I, I realized this when somebody was talking. Jumping, but wait, hold on a sec. Tell me, tell me. Jumping from Savior yeah. Angel. I say, have some self-respect. And you're like, I guess I need to compare it to one of the most acclaimed authors of the English language. That's what we're talking about, baby. I just mean as far as how like no 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 you were right to, to say it and that's good but it was also fun that it took us like a full fifteen seconds to realize what you said yeah uh, well like I was thinking somebody was talking to me about uh, how they were imagining something in great detail like in a childlike way that I hadn't heard from a while this person was like twenty five and I was really inspired and I realized that like most of what I think about is just like worrying that like my friends don't like me and that I'm not doing enough and that I'm not, and I'm going to get fired from work. So it really would just be like an anxiety dream. Like it'd feel like yeah. the movie mother or something like, oh my God. <laughs> it's just like stress <laughs> for like a good, a good hour and a half, like kind of, kind of like kind of uh, surreal stress, you know, you know that vibe. Yeah. 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 Mother. Mother. Well, yeah. You, yeah. You said it already. You got it. Mother. <laughs> Or that new Aronofsky film where it's about, like, the world's largest man. Literally, like, a giant whale of a human being. Sure. Brennan <laughs> Fraser's in it. Wait, what were we talking about before my brain? What I don't know, Stephen. You're, you're the one. Oh, what did we learn? Yeah. No, yeah. I was just going to say that no matter how much we toil at things that we think are really important and drive ourselves mad... Uh, and like, and and just push ourselves to be the best that we can be, and to help other people. It might not be real at all. Correct. That's what I got out of this. So go fucking crazy, everyone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Become Don't the Joker. Become the Joker. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck! A good be a good bit would be if the moral of every single time we do this is finding a way to tell people to become, become the, Joker. the Joker. <laughs> every single, our conclusion to every television show is become the Joker. I can't believe they were adding a Jokerified <laughs> dinosaur to fucking <laughs> Lost World or whatever. Jurassic World Dominion. That's Shut the theme park. Don't, <laughs> that's not don't a tell me it's name uh, film. Like the like the well, like the board. Here's game. the thing about this franchise: is it's actually about a theme park. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware. Uh, it's the it's Travis's favorite franchise that only has one even good film. I will stand. I will defend the Lost World. As being cool, a good that's great. Enjoy it. I'm sorry that always. I'm sorry that I was wrong. It's not the worst Spielberg movie, but it's still in the bottom five. I've seen always now. So what? What do we have next week? Huh? I've decided to reward us for good behavior. I think we're going to have some fun. We're going to have a longer first episode, but we're going to have some special guests on next week. Because oh. that's right, baby. We're going back to California 
The time has finally oh, come. We're going to talk yeah. about the OC. OC yeah. <laughs> California. 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 Jeff and Audrey <laughs> upstairs will ideally be our guests. What is that? What what is you that? You weren't on the Beachwood episode. What is Baywatch. that? Beachwood. Beachwood. Beach? 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 What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what happened to my brain? What happened there? <laughs> the Stephenification is continuing. <laughs> First, I hear dogs barking, and I think it's in the show. Now I'm just picking words that start with B and W and saying that instead. <laughs> it's happening, Doctor. It's spreading so quickly. <laughs> the Bulwark episode. Who's talking about the OC? Seems like it's gotta be Travis. Seems like it's Travis. All right, I'm putting 30 seconds on the clock. Travis, tell me everything you know about the OC starting now. The OC was a teen soap, uh, primetime soap on Fox, uh, starring Peter Gallagher's eyebrows uh, and several other people. Like that cool anti that cool anti crypto guy is like the main character. There was Misha Barton. There was now upcoming All Star Rachel Bilson. Uh, My sister was really into this show. Uh, and watched her with her boyfriend all the time in high school. Jason Schwartzman was in the band Phantom Planet, who did the same song. <laughs> you, you are correct on that. <laughs> he is a Coppola. I always forget that also. Yeah, yeah he is. Also, uh, Ben McKenzie was also on Gotham, so he will also be an As You Know mm. also. But yes, yes. Jason Schwartzman is Talia Shire's uh, 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 son. son. Uh, and we will not talk about him. Um, you know what? Fuck, we're going to talk about Phantom Planet. No, I wouldn't. I mean, we? Yeah. When else are yeah. we going to? <laughs> like, yeah, we're going to talk about how um, Alex Greenwald from Anna Phantom Planet was dating Brie Larson when she won the Oscar. So he kept getting, she kept thanking him <laughs> during the award speeches, and then they would cut to the guy from Phantom Planet sometimes. And I was like, this is a fucking hey, weird man. world. Good, Good for, for him. him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then she dumped his ass because now she on that crazy weed. <laughs> Sad for him. But honestly, maybe she you know, that at the right time stuff. based on Brie Larson tweets. No. Yeah. Nah, dude, she's going to be in Fast and Furious 10. You got to get back on that train. Oh, Fast yeah. And 10. I only watch drive and they watched the first one and half of the second one. Yeah, she's going to be in part. Yeah, con- yeah, congrats for being a villain in part one and the hero in part two with John Cena and Jason Momoa. They're doing Fast and Furious 10, too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 10 part yeah, one and 10 again. part two. Hey. It's an homage to Final Fantasy. Yeah, it's, an, it's an homage to Spira. <laughs> And and t- Titus and Yuna, we love them. We love them. Steven, can you free us from this podcast curse? Yeah, no problem. I have the tools. I have the keys. Let's let's drive out Steven, of hell like we're Nicolas Cage. How um, good would Matrix Two be if Steven was the key master or key maker? <laughs> what is it? It's uh, the key maker. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, that would rule. Um, Steven just stumbling through like three hundred <laughs> keys, like oh, on top of, of trucks from the Ghost <laughs> Twin. <laughs> Oh, no. it's like <laughs> keeps throwing this keychain in the air yeah, <laughs> while in the freeway chase. It's just Neo being like, "We need the key," and I'm like, "Oh, I think. Oh, I actually think I might have left them in the car." <laughs> having it's to like, go back, <laughs> having to go back in the Matrix, no matter what. That's the funniest thing. Like, ah, damn. <laughs> oh. like, I have all the keys, but I left them at my house. <laughs> Yeah, you guys got my backpack? Uh, no. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait, they actually were in my backpack the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to the apartment, Neo's cut down like a dozen guys. <laughs> you just turns out that it was in your coat box. You just didn't check. I checked like three times, rule. Neo, I swear. I ch- you saw me check. It's a big like, pocket. <laughs> 
been there. Anyway, <laughs> the podcast curse. Um, <laughs> we used a bunch of them. Hold on. Um, when my ex-husband left, it ended in tragedy. What happened? He came back. <laughs> 